Hi guys, welcome to today's edition of Startup Couches. On the couch today is Gavin. Gavin is the CEO of Brick. Welcome to the couch, Gavin. Thanks so much for inviting me, inviting me, Lotana. Huge pleasure to be here. Yeah, really, really glad that you're here. On the couch, as you already know, we have amazing people like you come on and talk about their product, talk about the journeys, um, product journey, the product growth so far, and the impact this product is making in our communities, right? So jumping right in, what is Brick and can you tell us about it? So Brick is really a financial API infrastructure builder for Southeast Asia. We build new age financial infrastructure to power the next generation of fintech apps in Southeast Asia. That's really Shout- yeah. In a gist, that's why we do. Yeah. Um. So, who, who, and who would you say are your target customer today? Like, I'm, I'm guessing if this is a financial API platform for, um financial data, efficient cash out, recurring payments. I'm assuming it's going to be like any fintech products today in Southeast Asia should be within your customer segment, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, in fact, a lot of our initial customers are some of the fastest growing, most recognizable fintech apps in Southeast Asia today. Mm. Uh, but Fintechs are not the only customer segment we are looking to serve. Increasingly, in Southeast Asia, we are also seeing consumer tech platforms like the e-commerce, the super apps, uh, bring more and more financial services to their end users. So, consumer tech platforms are also a very, uh, also a target customer segment of ours. Uh, The last and third customer segment, third bucket of customers that we are looking at are the traditional financial institutions who are increasingly looking to add uh, digital user journeys, automate their processes, and we can help them do so. Okay, okay. I like how you have um, two buckets of how you look at your customers. I particularly like the, the consumer-facing products um, segment of your customer segment. I feel like that's actually really amazing because yes, there is a lot of you know e-commerce, consumer-facing, super app-like products out in Southeast Asia. So focusing on them also is really really great because that's a huge market. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's the initial segment we started with. Uh, the primary reason is because fintechs today face the most burning pain point that we are trying to solve for. And they are also early adopters. They are willing to try new solutions like those that we are building. So yeah. in, in the Southeast Asian Indonesian context, uh, we are seeing a lot of early adopters in the P2P lending space, okay. the personal finance management app space, and the bookkeeping app space. But we are also seeing applications in all the other fintech verticals that are coming up right now. That will be the stock trading apps, the wealth management apps, savings apps, so on and so forth. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, how did you start 
break. Can you tell us about the founder story? Yeah, so a bit about my history. Uh, I was originally a lawyer by training, oh, but wow. since a young age, I always have a keen interest in financial markets and financial services. So okay. out of law school, I practice in one of the top public interest dispute firms in Singapore. Um, and le- early in my legal career, I decided I wanted to pursue another interest of mine, that being uh, financial markets and financial services. So look towards the fintech space, and I've never looked back since. I the first fintech startup I joined was a Asian banking startup in Myanmar and Thailand. We built out the digital banking arms of Indochina Bank on an e-money infrastructure. That company was called Ujibo. Okay. Uh, very much, very much in the vein of Mpesa for your African audiences, yeah, but yeah, partnering. Yeah. Partnering with um, into China banks to build out a similar network. Eventually, we lost out to the telcos while winning the e-money game in much over the world. And that was when I joined my second fintech startup uh, called Aspire, today known as the first SME new bank for Southeast Asia, or the in fact the number one SME new bank for Southeast Asia. I joined them shortly after seeing as an early employee and headed up regulatory strategy and banking partnerships regionally. And it was also at Aspire when I saw firsthand the pain points of fintech innovators not having good financial APIs to quickly and easily launch the fintech experiences we wanted to. We tried out several partners, uh, weren't the most satisfied with the API partners we had, especially on the data aggregation side of things. So eventually I thought uh, it's a no-brainer. All the fintech apps need a good data aggregation API. Why not let me try and build something of the booming fintech market in Southeast Asia? So that, that was what got me uh, started thinking about break. Okay. Okay. I think that has been quite a journey, you know, going from being a lawyer to you know this part of building products has been an amazing journey i would say you know very interesting story so um how far has brick grown today what how would you describe growth today if you look back at where you started brick uh we have grown a lot and multifold since i started brick as a the very first person trying to sell vaporware to uh, early clients, trying to get LOIs from early clients. So today I would describe us as a seed stage company, a high growth seed stage company. We are around 30 people today and that's up from three people in Q4 last year, in um, October, November last year and looking to grow at a similar pace for the rest of the year. We're very fast growing. Uh, we've got a good set of initial clients on board. Uh, their usage is also growing at a very fast pace, uh, seeing that inflection, traction and adoption. And I would say we're at a very exciting place right now as a company, looking at scale, hiring across all roles. Industry and and space as a whole is also very exciting. Okay, 
Okay, that's actually pretty, pretty impressive. So, how have you been running this business? Have you been raising money from VCs? Have you been bootstrapping it? Now, especially the difference between the growth last year and this year has been really, really, really big. So, like, how have you been managing to do that? Have you raised any funding? You know, what's that looking like? We have raised uh, some funding from, I would say, uh, fintech specialist VCs, the best ones globally, and also the best fintech operators globally. So it started off as me and my co-founder bootstrapping the business up until um, U3 last year before we got our first funding from a accelerator called Antler. Uh, they okay. also have a program in Africa. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, no, Antler. Yeah, yeah. And uh, later on, um, towards the end of 2020 or the very start of 2021, we raised our seed round, led by Better Tomorrow Ventures, and one of the top fintech funds in Silicon Valley. Mm. Uh, also participating in the round include uh, other top global fintech operators, like I mentioned, uh, like Shafali, who was the tr- CEO of TrueLayer, now Shah, the founder of Cred. Uh, we've also got Prajit, the founder of New Instagram, one of the largest uh, financial infrastructure API companies in Southeast Asia. Mm. Okay, that's actually pretty impressive. That's pretty, pretty impressive. So, um, on your day-to-day running of break, would you say you have any challenges you want to share with, uh, with me today? I mean, there's so many challenges uh, trying to build a high-growth, hyper-growth company and going from zero to one. I would say the biggest challenge by far is attracting great talent to join you. Oh, it's really at the core of all businesses. uh, And that's what I truly believe. And also, because we are building in, I would say, a younger startup ecosystem like Indonesia, uh, there might not be that same depth of startup talent that we might find in more developed startup ecosystems like the US, Europe, or even India. So tech talent is hard to come by. Uh, people who are used to working in startups, or used to how startups work, and the pace that startups move at are also hard to come by. So that, I would say, uh, attracting great talent is the biggest challenge by far we have today. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, and any other any other challenges? Oh yeah, definitely some other challenges. Um, as I said, so many challenges for a early stage company. I guess another challenge that comes to mind will be the pace of uh, development on open finance in Southeast Asia. It's still a very new space. Uh, definitely nowhere near um, where open finance is developed in US and Europe today. Mm-hmm. Banks, um, as we know, typically move at a slower pace than we like to, but change is coming. More and more of them are launching developer API portals and building out more and more APIs. Uh, regulators also um, need to go through a certain process to you know, put in regulations, 
putting guidelines, all that takes a certain process that as startups we wish would move faster. Uh, but it's things are moving in the right direction and in a positive direction. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I think I also really want to know how is there any way the pandemic affected your business has at break um did it did it bring more adoption is there any particular or significant way that the pandemic affected bricks business model yeah the pandemic has affected our business model in a couple of ways uh, both negatively and positively and uh, there were different impacts at different stages of the pandemic uh, we see very different iron behavior early on in the pandemic versus now when people are getting used to the pandemic right so early in the pandemic uh, we had a number of LOIs early client sign uh, but those projects basically evaporated or were put on hold once the pandemic hit Indonesia really hard in March 2020 so that was the first impact that we saw uh, later on as things as as um, people realize that covid is here to stay yeah uh, then we had a different set of challenges uh, on the positive side of things more companies are looking for fully digital funnels because now they cannot meet their customers anymore they cannot first face uh, serve their customers face to face so everything has to be digital for for you to deliver your service effectively and that is when automation services like us uh, play a huge role so that's a positive aspect which has led to a bit of increased demand then maybe on the slightly negative aspect is we are still a b2b company and a lot of b2b sales especially in emerging markets happens on a handshake or trust yeah very the developer sales channel where people just sign up put their credit card and start using the tool doesn't happen often at all mm. so being able to adapt to this uh, new b2b sales environment or landscape is something we had to uh, quickly learn and quickly adapt to yeah Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think the final question I have for you before I let you go, Gavin, is what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far in this space you would like to pass on to another founder in the Southeast Asia market today? The biggest lesson I've learned being in the startup space and being a founder is momentum is super important. And I would say for most startups, momentum is the secret sauce. So what I really mean by this is uh, really the pace of execution and the speed of execution. And this was what I really experienced firsthand when I uh, worked at Aspire, which is a culture I try as much as possible to bring to work as well. Uh, as startups versus huge organizations, the ability to move fast, learn fast, and take decisions fast is something we have a huge advantage over these huge organizations and we have to take full advantage of it um, it 
If things are going well, executing fast is great. If things are not going well, executing fast also allows you to learn fast and realize, oh shit, you did something uh, stupid. Let's go back to the drawing block and and board and come up with a new plan. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think on this note, I'd like to say thank you so much, Gavin, for coming on the couch. This has been an interesting conversation. What do you think? Yeah, it's been super interesting. Thanks for inviting me, Lozana. It's been yeah. a huge pleasure sharing uh, my story and Brick's story with your audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for everyone else out there listening, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share this episode with your friends. Um, and if you are, you know, building a consumer-facing product and you're in Southeast Asia and you are not using Brick to serve more customers to incorporate. Um, anything technically maybe buy now pay later or all of these any kind of financial um, service you want to add to your product make sure to check out brick today um you'll be really really um pleased with the service you get and so for everyone else i'll make sure to stay tuned every single week we bring you amazing people like gavin so make sure to stay tuned and until next time see ya